Praise be to Jesus Christ. It is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of the day it is you're joining me. And thank you so much for joining me from wherever you are joining me. I am so excited to be here with you today. And I just want to start off by a little update about Sister Claire Crockett. And uh, I am so sorry. I apologize. I I said that she died in 2006. I actually finished her film last night. I was drawn into it. And I want to make some corrections. So she actually perished on April 16th, 2016 in an earthquake. And yes, she was playing it. She was in guitar practice with five other candidates. And there was an earthquake and unfortunately they uh, didn't get out in time. So um, they found her body along with uh, the five candidates a few days later because the building was a three-story tall building and it had cement uh, slab walls and it was impossible to get um, into to break into it to the rubble um, with by hand and so they had to wait until the next day until they could get um, like equipment big enough to move the cement that was uh, crumbled on top of the people that were in there. So, yes, and it was April 16, 2016. And what's amazing is Derry, the Derry, D-E-R-R-Y, Ireland, is this, I, I did research on that because I was like, well, wait a minute, I watch Port Leash, uh, Ireland, Iron, um, Mass. You know, I didn't find out where in correlation it was. But I did a Google search and on Derry, Ireland, and it's the second largest um, city or, you know, place in Ireland. So I thought that was very interesting. I didn't remember much after that because it was pretty late at night and I was on my way to, to bed. <laughs> was one of the things that I did before I went to sleep last night was watch the movie and then figure out like where Derry, Ireland is but what's amazing is towards the end of the video you know they started interviewing people that I should say students that Sister Claire taught and or from where, where she who she taught and then like people from her home town right and so one of the guys there um you know he was saying how just having her become who she was and coming from a place of dairy of you know drug abuse alcohol 
and just a lot like high a lot of dropout rates <laughs> um just like that's an inspiration in and of itself and you know I partly get inspired by myself too of like who I was and like that helped me break through of how I viewed myself because for me I'm always striving and trying to like become better do better yada yada change the world yada yada blah 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 anyway and I compare myself to these people who are rich and famous and like have it all and according to the world right so I I, I'm always striving to uh, do better and everything but like I can't negate and I can't um, forget and I can't discount where I came from I came from a very small town in Alaska I am Alaskan native I was so falling I was I was part of the statistics of high school dropouts because remember I did not graduate high school right I got pregnant I was an unwed single mother no job no high school diploma with a kid what and it was I can't discount the obstacles that I had to overcome being a single mother being raped by my friend and you know just for the record we did go to court for that and I think I shared that with you is he was found not guilty and as soon as that verdict was read I mean my lawyer told me basically I should not have I should not be in the court during any of the testimony so I have no idea to this day what our mutual friend said but let's just say in a very very small town when you don't have a lot of people to pick and choose from in your own age range and everybody knows everybody I didn't have a lot of friends at the end of that and he came out not guilty can you imagine being a young single mother and having this in a small town and then your lawyer coming up to you afterwards and saying I don't think you should live in this town anymore and that was it like I had to save up all my money and be friends and because I had to have a social life I was still young you know I still wanted to do things I just had to find different ways and different people to kind of hang out with during that time but I had to overcome that right how what kind of trauma is that and like sharing friends and going to the grocery store and seeing them okay so I had to overcome that okay I saved up all my money that was it I'm saving ten thousand dollars I'm gonna work two jobs um Uh, And so, what do I got to do? I got my GED. Okay. Remember I told you that story? And I saved my money. I worked two jobs. One as a dental assistant at the local Indian Health Service Clinic. And then the other as a waitress. A server at a restaurant. In a small town where nobody 
believed in tips. So I didn't get tips, but I got minimum wage and I got food. So that was good enough for me. Okay. Still saved enough money. And of course I had my mom, my brothers and my sisters, and they babysat my daughter while I did all this work. And sometimes I was able to bring her into the restaurant with me, but not a lot because, um, you know, it's a place of work and business anyways. So, and I moved to Anchorage. (laughs) Here's, here's a really cool thing. I meet this person online And I move into Anchorage with this person who ends up being my uh, fiancé a few months later. And then we get married within six months, right? So I move to Anchorage and I get married. Uh, My funds are depleted because we ended up, you know, just getting married and everything. And I couldn't find work because living in Anchorage was such a big... It was my first time away from my family ever. I became depressed and sad. I didn't, not motivated. I didn't know how to use the bus system. I didn't know how to do a lot of things that the city life required. And I struggled at first. I, so I didn't have a job, but it was okay because we had my brother come live with us and then like he helped pay the rent and everything. Eventually, I got a job as a dental assistant, and the, it was just by luck and happenstance. The, the The lady who hired me, she was Indian, and I told her, and she asked me like if I was Alaska Native, and I said yes. And so, like, she took me under her wing, and they gave me this beautiful job and this beautiful opportunity at this really awesome private practice in Anchorage, Alaska, and I just enjoyed every single moment of it. He was a well-respected dentist in the community. And so things were looking up, right? And then um, October comes around, which is like, you know, 11 months after I moved there, which was November 8th, into Anchorage with Kevin, with my daughter. And... Um, I have a miscarriage and we end up having to move down here to Spokane and we end up having to move down here to Washington State. We first go to Spokane and then we move over to our apartment in Bellevue Um, all while I don't have medical coverage and it was pretty scary because I just had a miscarriage and they didn't know like uh, my body expelled it, but they didn't know if it was there was still parts of it or if my body still thought I was pregnant. Um, so they had to measure my HCG levels. But there are so many things that I had to overcome just to get to where I am today. And I know that so many people don't have that same story. You know, they don't have that same issue. They didn't have that same um, adversity you know, and they might have their own struggles and everything, but they didn't have to overcome so many things that it's, maybe they take for granted, right? Because if you don't have to overcome them, it's not like you're going to think about it. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to apply for this job and I'm going to get it. But, you know, I don't really have to think about the person next to me 
who had to prove who they were and that they're qualified only to get rejected because of their skin color, because of who they were, because of how they talked, because of where they came from, and all the judgmental things that most people, even though they say isn't um, an impediment, right? Right? I mean, you can't help but to think. I mean, you you have to remember, I was born and raised in rural Alaska. And I didn't have the accent that I have today. I didn't talk the way I talk today. I know I was kind of joking and saying I'm not as eloquent as some people, but by golly, I think I do pretty good for myself. <laughs> I just want to like laugh about that because of how silly that sounds. But, you know, it's kind of the truth of the matter. I don't think back then how fast we spoke, the cadence of our conversations, enunciating words was really an issue, you know? And I just kind of fell within that. I didn't have to think about that. I never was concerned about hemming and hawing and pausing and taking a breath or the way I sounded when I talked to people when I had a conversation I never thought that I had an accent until I you know started speaking to other people <clears throat> but you know here's one thing that I think is I think Alaska natives are a minority of a minority. We're so tiny that they have to group us with a bigger people, right? Like they have, they have to. Alaska Native American Indian. They put us all together, right? We're the indigenous people. We're the first people of this land. And what rights do we have other than the ones that we have to fight for? You know, I mean, gosh, you guys, if I wonder if I can be construed or looked at or even thought of as somebody who's, who's, um, like, well-respected, you know, because I don't have the titles. I don't have that. But I have, in a sense, overcome many obstacles as to the point where I shouldn't even, I don't even know how I got to where I am today, other than the fact that God was looking out for me, and he had a plan for me, and all I had to do was not give up, and in the times that I was just about ready to give up, which were many times, when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I didn't know what to do, I didn't have a job, I knew I needed to support her. I had a boyfriend at the time and he didn't work. We didn't have any responsibilities. It's hard to teach responsibility and discipline to people who don't have that role model that many other people have, right? That's not something that was covered when I was a child. 
that's not something I missed out on that and you know there are people who can argue that you know broken children or broken households produce broken uh, children which are broken people in society which lead to higher rates of crime and abuse so on and so forth we become a statistic and that's what they are that's all you become is a statistic I couldn't even tell you my mom this this past month it's uh, she sends me you know so and so died of alcohol overdose because they were going through issues with their boyfriend and they have kids together there's cheating there's the infidelity you know it's the same thing but there's all these things it's all connected and when I started to take note and notice that if I made this choice and by golly going out that night and getting drunk and then passing out in my friend's house thinking I was safe and then waking up with the scenario that I woke up in and then going through the whole thing you better believe I thought twice about the next time I'm gonna drink and who I'm gonna drink with But you know what? I might have had to take the long way. And I might have had to take the hard way. And I might have had to make a lot of wrong choices. And who knows? You know, I can't really put all the blame and responsibility on it. On on myself. I do. I did. And I was hard on myself. Trust me. It took many, many years of self-healing, self-growth, and self-motivation and choice to know that I can produce different results in my life if I just choose to heal and forgive and forget and repeat and heal and forgive and move forward. Heal whatever it took. I am too hard-headed to stay down when people knock me down. I can't can't do it. It's not my vocabulary. Yesterday when I introduced myself to somebody and I told them my history, I told them my background, and I told them it took me eight times, maybe nine. I couldn't even tell you. I lost track. I could go back and look at all the times I rewrote my resume and submitted it to everybody. And they're like, wow, you got perseverance. You really are persistent. And I said, yeah, because I can't... I, I don't know if I know how to do that. You know what I mean? So there are things that when I choose to, I will walk away from. And those are the things that are not going to suit me in my better um, self for my best and highest good, right? And I'll make that decision now prayerfully with God by my side and as a huge part of it. Because I know now I need to confer, a confer, is that the word? I need to speak to God every day about it. And I need to, I have to. There's no other way that I would have this. You know, and it's, it's not that I have to stop every single day and every single time somebody asks me a question and say, hey God, you know, what should I do? But at the beginning of the day, I have this conversation. When I do have that downtime, 
you know, I'm always looking for God's word and hearing what he has to say for me in every outlet and facet, written, verbal. Uh, to The other day I said, God, help me see your work being done around me because sometimes, you know, we need that, right? And being open to it and, and letting go of what I think it should be and just letting God take over and let it because now looking back at everything that I went through there's no way God wasn't a part of it there's no way that he didn't see me through the darkest of times and led me to where I am I just didn't know it I just didn't acknowledge it I just thought it was something else and I couldn't do it on my own accord so that's my spiel for today <laughs> it's kind of like part angry part motivation part like oh my gosh this is it <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go and I'll talk with you another day know that you are in my prayers and God bless <laughs>